Hello, welcome to On Point, the mindset podcast for dancers, creatives, athletes, and artists. I'm your host, Latte, aka Lottie Dottie. We're here for episode two. So last week we talked about self-concepts. If you haven't listened to that uh, episode, I would recommend just listening to it before this one. There's going to be some things that we use from last week's exercises or um, just conversation that help get into this week's episode. Um, So we're going to be expanding on ourself as a creator, creating an alter ego and why this is important for creators how to use this as a form of manifestation, where our identity, so the new um, identity that we just created, where it fits in into our community, and just wrapping up with a few tips on how to switch hats. This is really an episode for my multifacets, multifacets. Um, So my people that like to do a lot of projects, like myself, and wear a bunch of hats and how we can really... um, you know, develop these different hats and use them to our advantage. So first off, we need to understand that as creative individuals, we are expansive. So we are more than one thing. Just like I'm speaking to my multifacets, um, a lot of people like to put themselves in a box or I think it's just safer to be in a box and say, oh, I'm just a teacher. You know, I used to dabble in painting years ago. But that's something I did years ago. I'm, I'm just a teacher now or, oh, I'm a sales associate. You know, I used to be a singer, but not too much. You know, you try to play it safe or downplay it. Or I get a lot of moms. A lot of my clients are moms and they're like, oh, I'm a mom now. I put the kids first. But you have passions and you have this creative spark inside of you. And it's important to um, expand on it and and really lean into it because it's going to make you a more fulfilled and happier person in the end. Um, you need to realize, and this is like a hard truth, that when you do that to yourself, it's limiting and it's actually an excuse. So when you put yourself inside of a box, you don't have to try, you know, and it's scary to try because you might fail, but you need to understand that there's going to be more fulfillment and happiness on the other side. And so we need to cross this hurdle of just realizing that we can even have that kind of life for ourselves. It's hard when you're on the other side and you're starting out and you're like, I can't even imagine like being a singer, being a dancer, being a creator full time, you know, and you need to, we're going to, I'm going to show you how to cross that hurdle first. So Let's get into it. So you need to understand that we are mirrors of our surroundings. And when we have this belief that, oh, we're just one thing, it's probably because we're looking at the world in a very one-sided way and looking at other people like, oh, well, they're just singers, like easy for them, you know. Oh, they're Drake's backup dancers, That's what they were born to do. That's all they do. Oh, uh, that lady owns a dance studio. Like that's, that's, that's all she does. She probably, it came easy to her and that's what she was meant to do. Not me though, you know. Oh, they're NFL dancers. That's, that's, that's their bag. That's what they do. They don't have any other life outside of that. 
And you need to understand that all of these are assumptions, very much assumptions. In order to combat this, because I think you need to realize that people are multi-dimensional. Is that, is, is it just dimensional? Hmm, multi-dimensions. People have a lot of sides to them, okay? And in order to realize that people aren't just what, what you see in front of you, you need to start having conversations with people. I think it really opens your eyes to see that people have a lot more going on than one, what they show and two, what you assume. And then that opens your eyes to, oh, like they have all this going on. I could do it too. Let me give you an example. So when I was like 20, when I get back into dancing, 25, 26, I was like, I'm too old. I was like, I'm too old to dance. Like, there's no way I will be a professional dancer at this age ever, period. And I use that as an excuse for a very long time. Like, even like, mm, like two more years after that. I, I used it as an excuse, really. Until I started talking to people that were professional dancers and I would come up to LA, I would take classes and I would be like, hey, how old are you? <laughs> like in a non-rude way, of course. You don't want to just ask people what their age is. I don't know. I mean, but why not? Fuck that shit. Um, and I'd be like, hey, like, how old are you? And they'd be like, girl, I'm 35. And I'm like, oh, what? Like, I'm 26. I'm 27. Like, you know, and then it would kind of, sh- I would be like, damn, well, what's my excuse? You know what I mean? It kind of made me go inward and introspect. Another example, um, once I got back into teaching, I'm very much a teacher, very much a mentor, that kind of like spirit. And I really like doubled down on I'm a teacher. And even up until 2019, I was like, I'm a teacher. 2019, yeah, 2019, 2020. I was like, I am a teacher. And I really put a lot of my worth on it 2019. And I went to go train with Galen Hooks, who's absolutely amazing. She helps dancers with these these kind of breakthroughs. And um, I showed up and her program is like four days or the one I did was like four days. I did the, which one was it? It was the immersion. I don't think she does it anymore. Um, I did the four days and it's like four hours each day and it's like over a grand. It's like a big investment for your training. It's so worth it. And we're all sitting there and she only takes a few people. And she's like, oh, like, you know, I want to know why each of you are doing this program. And so we go around and everyone's like, oh, I'm ready to be a backup dancer for Lady Gaga. Like, I'm ready to book. And I'm like, oh, my God, like in my head. But here's the thing in my in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this amazing, really expensive program because I want to be a better teacher right but in my heart I was like maybe she'll tell me something I didn't know and I can get booked or so I don't know what I was thinking like obviously that's not how it works but in my little heart I was like I want to I always say I want to dance for Drake I want to dance for Drake but in my head like the logical you know and then what I said when she got to me I was like oh I want to be a better teacher 
I love my students. I love pouring into my students. That excuse, right? And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, girl, what do you mean are you sure? Like Galen Hook's telling me am I sure? And I was like, yes. And she's like, "Mm, this is kind of a serious program for you to just want to, you know, be better for other people. Maybe there's something else there. And I was like, oh, my God. And that night I went home and I really thought about it. I think she gave us some homework about, um, you know, come up with some artists that we want to work with or something like that. And I was like, oh, my God, like, wait, did she just say that's a possibility for me? And I was tripping. So, I mean, it took me, unfortunately, it took me, somebody else telling me that, yo, that could be a possibility for yourself. I mean, it did help that this was somebody that I really looked up to and who's amazing in the dance space. So that meant something to me, but it should not. And I'm telling you right now, you have to be the one to decide that shit like anything that you want. If you want to own a dance studio, if you want to dance for Drake, if you want to dance on Broadway, if you want to be a ballet, a ballerina, it's possible for you, but you need to decide that first. Um, So what I want you to do is get out into your community and talk to people. Talk to people that are doing what you want to do. I bet you'll be surprised um, you know, people are out there working five, five is an exaggeration, like two jobs and, you know, making it as a professional dancer. Um, they're far from home. There's people that travel from out of the country and they're living out their dance goals and dreams. Um, there's people that have trained for years. There's people that are living with a disability whether you know you know it's a learning or physical anything like people are overcoming amazing things to do what you want to do but because you want to use the excuse oh shit girl here we go because you want to use the excuse that oh I'm just I'm just little old me then that's your excuse for not doing it and it's it's not a good excuse I'm sorry but I'm here to take a stand for you because I know that you can do it Um, yeah, so basically we, you know, we only see a small portion of people's life and I don't know, social media is really not a good example of like what the reality is. Um, people don't share things on there like their whole life. So if you just go off of what you're seeing, that's only a small portion of what people are allowing us to see. Um, even myself, I've been trying to be like more transparent with my clients. Um, cause everybody thinks I'm just like positive all the time and like, no, hell no. I have social anxiety. I am the most awkward motherfucker. I have social anxiety so bad, but because I know that that's hindering my, ability to create relationships and network out in the dance world I'm like bitch we got to find a way to get over it but it's not gonna get better by me not talking about it so I like to talk about it my mental health um I also like I said have a lot of mom clients which I so admire everybody knows like oh I want kids right now and my mom clients are always like oh I can't do that. I'm a mom. And I'm like, that's a dumb excuse, girl. I got you. Like Aisha Francis, uh, Britt Nicole, amazing, amazing dancers and amazing mothers. I love seeing Britt post her daughter all the time. And it's the most adorable thing. And it's so admirable, too, to be such a 
like a strong um, example of what a mom could be for like your kids. Oh, I just love that so much. So um, what you see is not what you get. And in order to get past this first hurdle of, you know, I could have that for myself. Uh, like I said, I want you to get out there this week and talk to some people, even if you I'm such a fan of just DMing people and just having a conversation. People like, I, which is so weird because like I said, I'm the most socially awkward, but I have no problem like DMing people and be like, yeah, what's up? You want to collaborate on this, this and this, but a whole time inside I'm like quaking. It's the weirdest shit. Good. So hurdle number two um, that we're going to have to get over. It's going to involve last week's self-concepts. So once you decide I can do this. Like the, I am completely capable of this for myself. You're going to run into this. Who will, who even am I? Like who even am I? Like I have, yes, the world is my oyster. That's such a, I don't even like that phrase. The world is my oyster, but I don't even know what I want to do. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. Well, step one, go back to the self-concepts from last week's episode and just dive into those a little bit so you have an idea, okay? Um, the next one my clients know all about. I love this exercise. So a good place to start. Unfortunately, we are not good observers of ourselves. We have either an overinflated what we are really given the world and or we have in like a diminished like I'm not good enough it's not it's not really like spot on okay like a real in time what's going on with us so what I like to tell my clients to do and what I want to tell you to do is go ask three to five friends and the honestly the more people you ask the better you're gonna ask them hey what are my strengths like, what about my dancing? What about my art? What about the way that I sing? What about the way that I model? What do you What do you like about it? And if they're good friends, so you're going to have to tell them, like, don't just gas me up. Like, because your friends are going to immediately go, yes, bitch, you slay. Bitch, that's not, that's not a good, I need specifics. Tell them to be specific. Oh, you know, I really like the way that you look at the camera. I really like the way that when you paint, you use a certain type of a stroke and this and that. I really like when you dance, you are hard hitting. You flip your hair a certain way. You have great facials. You have whatever it is, okay? Tell them to be specific. And my clients and yourself watch are always so amazed because they're like, damn, first of all, you got all that from my dancing. Like, cause a lot of times we are, like I said, we're not self-aware. So we don't even know that we're doing all this to our audience and to our friends. And we are completely just mesmerizing. And it's also like just a good feeling because I mean, not like go fish for compliments, but it makes you feel good that people are getting that from your dancing. Especially if it's, I've had like some really heartwarming ones like, oh, you make your, your audience feel so like involved in your story. And like, that's a, such a beautiful, that's not something that you can teach. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. 
a lot of the stuff that we're just so naturally good at, it's not stuff that you can teach. It's just stuff that you're comfortable and you do it just without even trying. So I like to call these your superpowers because like I said, they just show up for you. You don't even, you don't even have to try. Um, so crowd, you're going to crowdsource. Is that the definition of crowdsourcing? Bitch, I don't know. You're going to crowdsource um, and you're going to get some really good examples. Ask a ton of people. Um, I'll give you my examples. So when I first started dancing again, I was in the uh, the teachers that I would dance with. They would do um, more like rock type heels. And I like that's I love it. That that was fun. But like it just didn't look good on me. I don't know what what it was. I honestly, you guys know my theory about hair. Like I like I'm a slick bun type of girl. So if you give me a whole bunch of head whips, it just doesn't like translate the same. And so the thrashy styles that I was in, it just didn't translate. Um, But I kept taking that class and I kept leaving and I kept feeling so like, oh, like I'm not a good dancer. Do you know what I mean? And then I explored and and tried other styles because I was like, let me just try something new. And I kept getting these comments that were like, Latte, you're so clean. And I was like, okay. They're like, you're so clean and like crisp. Like, like it's the ballet. It's honestly and the flowy. It was the ballet, honestly. And I'm like, what the fuck do all these people mean? So then I started taking with instructors that were flowy and crisp and clean specifically like I was like let me go take with so-and-so like she kind of choreographs the way that people are saying that I you know and bitch I was I would thrive and I would take those classes and I would just naturally do my I guess my crisp clean kind of flowy ballet-esque heelish heel shit and people would be like damn like that was like when I really started getting like compliments as a dancer and I was like whoa that's crazy um and that's me leaning into and not fighting against my clean cleanliness because I did. There was a time when I was like, Ugh, I hate that comment. Everybody always says I'm such a clean dancer and I fucking hate it. I just want to be thrashy and this and that. But bitch, that's on me. So and that's fine. We work on that. But I don't take it personally. You know what I mean? And I lean into what I'm good at when the time calls for it. Um, another example is I love my girl, vulgar babe in San Diego. She's a choreographer, dance mentor. She's amazing. And let me tell you, the first thing I think of when I think of vulgar babe is sex. This bitch is sexy. Okay. That's her bag. And so when I get students and they are just in their sexy bag, I just love it. Um, they're like, oh, I just, I'm having such a hard time, like feeling comfortable in classes. Like I just, every class that I go to, it's, it just feels like I'm not able to like really connect with the movement. And I'm like, you know what? You need something that aligns with your natural superpower. So then I'll send them over to pee. You know what I'm saying? And then they love it. You know what I mean? Cause they have found their superpower naturally and then they're aligning with it. Um, yeah. I, I, it's all about just knowing your natural superpower. So don't force it. Like if you're trying to, there was a time when I was trying to be like hard hitting. And I was like, eh, we're going to work on that. But that's not my style. Do you know what I'm saying? So awesome. Um, 
so we're getting into some higher level shit. So we've decided that shit is possible for us. Um, we've also crowdsourced from friends what we're good at. Now we get to do one of my favorite parts. And this is going to go back to episode one where we did self-exploration. So we, say we've already done self-exploration because you should have done that last week. Stay with me. Now we get to pick what we like and we get to create our alter ego. I always call it an alter ego. This is essentially your higher self. This is your source. This is the happiest and most highest achieving version of yourself, essentially. Um, but it takes the, the, the reason I, I give you an alter ego and the reason I call it an alter ego is because it takes some of the pressure off. When you just try to look at things as a way of, I'm just going to change myself. It just creates, first of all, there's nothing you need to change about yourself. You're amazing and perfect. But it puts so much pressure on you if, and you're trying to change and it just feels like such a force. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like you're just trying to force yourself. Instead, you're going to create this alter ego that's everything that you admire in a dancer, everything that makes you happy already. So going into that set, going back to that self-exploration and picking and choosing, oh, this style, oh, this uh, type of look, oh, this type of jobs, those kind of things. And you put them in an alter ego. And it's easier to step into that alter ego. So this concept is not new, actually. Um, a lot of a lot of like celebrities, a lot of artists use this. Um, who the fuck do you guys think Sasha Fierce is? Like Beyonce has an alter ego. You are not too good to make an alter ego, okay? Uh, who do you think Roman is? Yeah, like Nicki Minaj has an alter ego, okay? Writers, when they create their aliases, um, it's just a, it's a way that you can step into your self-expression it's a hat, if you will. Um, and it takes the pressure off of I'm changing myself because you don't want to change yourself. You're, like I said, amazing. So what you're going to have to do, and I'm probably going to make like a little highlight section so you guys have um, some some homework. Um, damn, I just be giving people homework. I gave a client today homework and she's like, we're not even clients like this. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to give you homework, but here's your homework. Um, what you're going to do and what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to put these digital exercises up in like my podcast highlight so you can reference them. Um, so what you need to do is we need to start creating this alter ego. And the sauce is in the specifics. That's what I always say. I love that. You need to be so damn specific with this, okay? So I need to know what your alter ego's name is and that, and you know, that could be last, like don't sweat it. But I need to know what their style is, like what kind of dance jobs do they do? Do they have dance jobs? Maybe they're dance studio owner. Maybe they just dance for fun. What do they wear? Do they wear bird juice? Do they wear Air Forces? What, um, what colors you know, inspire them? What kind of music? Um, what do they eat? How do they train? Um, what do people 
What's the feelings that they give people when they dance? How do they treat people? How do, how do people remember them? You need to be so specific. And I always tell people what you put into this exercise and a lot of the exercises that I give you is what you're going to get out of it. So if you stay very surface level, sis, you're going to get surface level results. If you want to stay right here and just, oh, my alter ego, um, her name is Bubbles and she just, you know, dances to feel good. Okay. You can't really do anything with that. My name, my alter ego's name is Bubbles. She is wearing leather to every single class. She dances for Benito. She trains with like, you have to get so specific. Um, and what you're going to do with this alter ego is you are going to slowly, you can throw yourself in there. I'm totally, I'm all for the huge jumps, right? You're going to slowly start showing up as this alter ego. The way you're going to do that is maybe week one, you come dressed as them. Maybe week two, you try the classes that they train in. It doesn't have to be, you know, you could just smart, start small. Maybe week three, you know, you try to do some of the tricks that they do and they're dancing. Maybe you could try to move like them. You start showing up. Maybe one day you just completely role play with yourself. That's kind of fun. And show up as them. I have had clients completely like show up as their alter ego. Like I'm talking dye their hair, change their Instagram names, like the whole thing. And they're like, man, people are just like, what's going on this week? You are just, you have some light or some, some force to you. Like that's so amazing. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're aligning with your higher self. Um, like I said, you could take baby steps or you can go full force. I'm all for, but what you're going to realize is one day you're going to wake up and be like, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'm my higher self. I'm aligned. And that's the point. You want to become aligned with your higher self. That's going to give you the least friction, the least, the most fulfillment in your life is when you are aligned and you're not forcing anything. You're, you're stepping into that power. Um, also note that you can have more than one alter ego. So I, I like to use myself as a, an example because damn, I got a lot going on, right? Um, I have Latte, the mentor, like the mentor teacher. That's very apparent. I also have Latte, the performer, which I moved to LA, you know, last September and I'm really trying to develop because that's a, a space that I want to develop for myself. And then I also have Latte, the creative, <laughs> the choreographer, which is very like, I, I think it's, she's very emo girl. Um, I was gonna say, this is my, I, I would love, maybe I'll do a whole episode on astrology and like dancers. That would be so freaking interesting because so I'm a Sagittarius sun. I'm a Pisces moon and I am a Capricorn rising. And I swear to God, I, my Sagittarius son is my teacher, my mentor. I can talk all day. 
I am the philosopher. You guys know Sagittarius are the philosophers of the Zodiac. Like, okay. Um, my Capricorn rising is very much my performer, competitor. Oh my God. To a T. Um, and then uh, my Pisces, my poor Pisces moon. That's my creative side. Like that's my, in my feelings. It's my Pisces moon, y'all. So you can have more than one. Um, but it's going to be really important to develop all of them very uh, specifically because if they kind of mesh a little bit or blend, it's going to be hard to separate them. And then it's going to be hard to pull them out when you need them to. Okay. Okay. Period. So we have our alter ego and now we want to figure out where we can fit them inside the community. This is kind of like the next step. And you have to really have your alter ego down solid because if you don't, you're going to want to do all kinds of things for your community. And I think that's natural because we are social people, um, you know, or we want to be accepted by everybody. And so it's easy to get caught up in the community, but you need to understand that you need to develop yourself first. And that is, you can't even give to your community unless you have a solid self-concept, like we said in episode one, you know. Um, so I like to go over the different aspects that uh, creators and dancers specifically, so this is going to be for my dancers specifically, have in like, the different roles that we have in the community. Because I think a lot of people get stuck like, oh, <laughs> I'm just a dancer or a teacher like, oh, I'm just a student or a teacher like that's it. And I'm like, bro, no, like we are so we have so much, so many things that we can do inside of dance world. So I just wanted to kind of go over all the different roles that uh, you can you can explore and then I'll tell you which roles I am. But I'm pretty sure you can guess. Um, so there's creative directors. Uh, these are like big picture people. These, um, kind of people help bring huge ideas to life. I think that you have to be a good communicator. In my opinion, you need to be a good communicator because you're going to need a network. You're going to need to help direct. You're going to need to help guide and influence a lot of people. Um, you're also going to have to be quick on your feet. I think to make just a whole bunch of moving parts work. Now, a note, because like I said, I think a lot of people don't really understand that there's all these different roles. So you could be a creative director and not be the choreographer. Like you have to understand that like the project that you're doing might be so huge. You don't even have time to choreograph. And a lot of times creative directors are not um, dancing in their pieces either. I, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, I'm sure you can do it, but it's going to make your job a lot harder because you need to worry about the big picture. Like you need to be sitting back telling things when to happen. You know what I mean? Like you are behind the scenes. So people get tripped up because they want to be the creative director and the choreographer and the performer. And I mean, you probably can, but you got to think about execution too. Like if it's, you know, not well executed, maybe it's okay to step on or like to do one thing. Um, yeah. So, so going into choreographer, so that would be the next role is choreographer. 
uh, these these people are very detail oriented. They have an exact vision. Uh, they know how it looks on bodies and different bodies or a specific type of body. And they are in tune with their inspirations. Um, you can get hired as a choreographer and not dance in the piece. You can get hired as a choreographer and have nothing to do with the vision or the creative directing. Like you, this is a very specific role as well. Although you, you know, you can do a mesh of all of them. Um, <clears throat> the other roles that there are is a company director or a professional team director. So this is going to be another person that knows how to make a team work or a company work and run, um, making sure everybody looks uniform. Usually everybody like you're in charge of everybody. You're, you're, what is it? Mama hen. So you're making sure everybody has what they need to succeed. Good motivators, good type of leaders. Like those are the only type of company directors that I've seen are, are really good um, guiding their army. Do you know what I mean? Like their group of people and making sure everybody has what they need to succeed. Um, then we've got like a company team, dan a company dancer, a team dancer and performers. So these, I think this is what people usually think of when they think of a dancer. Like this is the dancer. Do you know what I'm talking about? So they're putting the, the goal of the team before their own like it's it's a job um they're also able to look uniform or do what they need to do on cue they're able to execute be clean and they follow direction and yeah i'll come back to my point about that so you're very much you need to do what like in, in this role, if the choreographer is like, hey, do X, Y, Z, you got to do X, Y, Z, like got to listen to the company director, the professional uh, team directors. Uh, next, we have entertainers. So this type of like dancer is committed to the audience experience. So it's. I don't want to say like individualized because there's definitely like groups of entertainers, but I feel like there's a lot, a little bit more wiggle room because they're very much committed to what the audience is experiencing at that time. Um, they're, they're commit, they're charismatic. Um, they're able to be interactive. They can put on a show. Like, you know, people that are entertainers and then, you know, people that are like very much like, you know, follow direction. That's to, I mean, and they can exist both. I know people are like, and they can, you can do both. I know you can do both. I'm just trying to separate them for the example. Um, then there's also freelancers. So freelancers are like free as a bird. They're, they don't care what they're dancing or they're performing does for you. They they care what it, how it makes them feel. They they chase happiness. They chase joy. Um, doesn't matter what it looks like. They enjoy the journey. Freelancer, like I love freelancers. Freelancers. Um, and then there's teachers and coaches and mentors. Uh, these type of people are very much committed to um, their students and their mentees overall long-term goals and their growth um it's a very self i think it's a very it should be 
a very selfless um, role, you know, to be in because you, you got to be committed to your your, your babies. Um, and lastly, definitely not least, um, entrepreneurs. I don't think, I think it's getting more popular that there's dance entrepreneurs, but these are the people creating jobs. We need dance entrepreneurs, honestly. A few of my clients have been um, fallen into this role and I find it so freaking necessary because who's gonna employ all these dancers? Uh, where are all these dancers dancing? You know what I mean? Like we need to create the jobs too. So these people are, they know the roles of, they know each individual role and how to utilize them for their big picture. And they're good they're good communicators and they're organized and they know how to delegate, you know? Um, so I'll just recap those real quick. We got creative directors. We've got choreographers. We've got company directors, prof- professional team directors. We've got company members, team dancers and performers. We've got entertainers. We've got freelancers. We've got teachers, coaches, or mentors. And we've got entrepreneurs, okay? So, like, those are the different roles as a dancer. You can kind of find where you fit in. Now, some things, with all this being said, I think it is important to know what where you want to fit in because it'll cause a lot of... Mm, Internal conflicts, I think, when you're in a role that doesn't resonate with you or resonate with you at the time. Um, I will give you an example. So um, when I first got back into, let's see, when I was teaching hardcore in my teaching bag, still am, but uh, 2019, right, committed to being a teacher COVID happened, came back 2021, you know, all of 2021, I was teaching and I was like, oh, like, I think I mentioned this in episode one. I'm just like, man, I'm just not getting the feeling that I want to get like that I that would fuel me every single time that it did in the beginning. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, everybody films class now. And I was really focused on um, you know, my videos and yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And I kind of started realizing, like, I think, I think I'm not being like nurtured as a performer. Like, I know I'm a great teacher, but I think I'm not getting the nourishment that I need as a performer. And so that's when I was like, I think I'm going to explore that more. And I'm not made a switch, but made the sacrifice to, or made the change to, reduce my teaching schedule so then I can nourish myself as a performer and I swear to God I've never felt more aligned with the way that my schedule is right now and it's sad but I think that there's like some teachers that might feel that way too we get so stuck in our students growth and our students um you know success and we see them grow every you know every month and we want that you know we want that for ourselves too. It's, it's, it's a normal thing. And I always say like when I'm an old 99 year old lady, like that's when I want to be 
I want to teach at a university. I want to teach ballet at a university. That's my like overall, that's my like 99 year old lady goal. I want to be one of those like old ladies with a cane, with a ballet cane yelling at everybody. But not now. Do you know what I'm saying? If I did that now, I would be not depressed, but I definitely wouldn't get the same feeling. Do you know what I mean? Um, also, you know, I've had clients that they they're like, oh, I I'm going to be a, you know, NFL cheerleader or whatever, because I did that grow. I did, you know, competition growing up. And that's what all my competition studio friends did so I'm just gonna do it and they they're going for it and you know they get to auditions and you know they're making it and they're like I hate it like I literally hate it and I'm like well maybe you're more of an entertainer we explore that and then they come to realize damn I I am an entertainer like I'm not a team member and that's okay like you find what works for you. It's not that you like don't like these type of people. It's just that it doesn't resonate with you. And I think that's really important to understand. Um, it's also important to understand that what you, the role that you play in your community today could be very different than the role that you have tomorrow as a dancer. Um, like I said, you know, tomorrow I'm dancing for Drake but when I'm 99 years old I got a cane and I'm screaming at you ballet terms like that's the different roles that I'm gonna have as a dancer I'm gonna dance for Drake I don't know um damn so we went over a lot but I think it all builds on itself honestly if you've got your self-concepts down that's going to be the first and foremost building block. So work on those. And then I want you to, your homework, I want you to create this alter ego and keep creating this alter ego. It's going to be ever changing, ever growing. And you need to understand that it's okay. Don't get committed to one version of yourself you're an artist you are inspired by different things on the daily and you should let yourself be free to explore these different sides of you I think that about covers it nice so make sure that you leave me a comment I want to hear all about your alter ego I'm curious um also subscribe so you're not missing out on any episodes and send this to a dancer so they can get the fuck out of their head and get the fuck onto the dance floor till next time guys i will talk to you later bye